All right. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, my second phone in here is showing. Oh, I don't have my little light on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. I was going to say my light's not here. No, no. My plant is not here. I left it out yesterday in the sun. Uh, the plant that you guys see back here, in case you guys can't see it, uh, just head on over and see it over on YouTube for the audio only, uh, folks. But um, I left my plant out in the sun all day yesterday just to get that vitamin D, bro. You know, that natural vitamin D. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Informed Daily. I am your host, Anthony Cabasa. It is Thursday, August 10th, year of our Lord, 2000. And 23, I've got my back scratcher in hand. I've got my coffee cup. Where is it? Coffee cup. I've actually also got my fly swatter. That heat is driving in Las Moscas. So that way, when people, you know, say, um, Anthony, what are you up to? I can say, aquí nomás matando moscas, you know, which is uh, German, by the way, um, in case you guys didn't know that, uh, that essentially means um, just here swatting flies. Uh, it's kind of like a, a German saying goes all the way back to pre-World War II, essentially stating, um, you know, I'm just here passing the time, not doing much. It, it's a very, very goes back to my German side of my family. According to Ancestry.com, um, I am about 2.1 percent German. So um, not the bad German, though. Not that kind, if you know what I mean. I was on, on the other side of, of, of German history. Uh, but all right, all kidding aside, welcome back, everybody. We got a lot to go over. Uh, some of you might have noticed that I went live over on my Instagram yesterday, and that was very unplanned. <laughs> so, uh, in case you haven't watched last night's stream, just a quick reminder Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Say it with me, just like, USA. like, okay, do not tune in on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. with Anthony. Tune in at 6 p.m., which I'm starting to find out that a lot of you are not able to make it at 6 p.m. We actually have higher numbers during our, our normal morning view show because not everyone's used to the 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, which is fine. And then I also just noticed I forgot to bring my fan inside of my room. My daughter steals my fan that, that's in my office because it's been hot. We're, we're still waiting for Bill Gates to put up the clouds so that it can get 20 degrees colder. I'm all for it, man. Where do I send my money? How many more Microsoft PCs do I have to buy so that we can block out the sun? Anything to get rid of this heat wave. And I just realized I forgot my fan. So if I start sweating like a pig, um, well, it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. But uh we have a lot to go through here today. I'm going to try to make it through everything. If not, it's okay. Uh, if there's any Swifties in the audience, by the way, uh, in case you guys don't know what a Swiftie is, it is Taylor Swift's fans. Bro, I'm going to show you guys this video, and I'm going to describe it for the... I thought Donald Trump could pull crowds. If Taylor Swift ever ran for president, we are in some serious caca. We are in some serious doo-doo because she will win. She'll beat. I think Taylor Swift is bigger than Oprah Winfrey. I said it. I said it. You know, ban me. I don't care. You know, the video I'm about to show you guys right now is absolutely insane. And I couldn't believe it. Uh, we also have a viral video coming out of the UK where, believe it or not, an autistic girl has been arrested, carried out, pulling and screaming for apparently calling a 
female cop, a lesbian. And it wasn't apparently in a derogatory way. We'll dive into that. And the police officers arrested her because she said that the police officer looked like a lesbian. Not even kidding. Uh, the headline here, moment seven officers drag autistic girl 16 kicking and screaming from Leeds home for committing a hate crime after she told female cop, you look like my lesbian Nana. Not kidding. And apparently, I watched the video. Um, the reason she said that is because she actually does have a lesbian grandmother who is married to another woman. That's why she said that. And it's so sad because, you know, trigger warning, um, when you guys watch this video, uh, the autistic 16-year-old uh, girl, she starts hitting herself because she, she feels very anxious. She feels uh, extremely unsafe. The parents continue to discuss with the police officers, please do not go near her. She's going to do self-harm. She's autistic. And the police officer is just like, I don't care. She's being arrested for a hate crime. She cannot call me a lesbian. But I don't know. It's it's such a cr crazy times we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. I'll go over what happened last night. Uh, thank you to the Armenian community that is allowing my uh, reporting and my uh, videos to go viral over on Twitter. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate your guys' shares and reshares and the follows uh, over on all socials. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what's happening with the Artsakh uh, blockade, why it's important. And then also, I believe we finally figured out why they won't allow Dianne Feinstein to retire. I was a little bit shocked to find out why, but not surprised. And I'll discuss it here with you guys. So if you guys ever hear about Dianne Feinstein again, and you're wondering to yourself, why won't they allow her to retire, especially since, since her daughter has power of attorney over her? And she's still voting on bills. Now you know why. Here today, you will be informed as to what I believe, and there's evidence to support it, why they refuse to let Dianne Feinstein retire. And again, it might be shocking to you, but it also might not. In a shocking revelation to the world yesterday and the headline of today, the main topic, Ecuador declares state of emergency after the assassination of anti-corruption presidential candidate who was a conservative Republican, I guess, in that state. Um, and now um, supposed members of the Los Lobos gang has claimed the assassination of Fernando Villavicencio, candidate in the Ecuadorian presidential elections. The, the, the election is actually coming up in 10 days. So they murdered him right before, and he was favored to win, from what I understand. We'll, we'll dive into that, like I said earlier. And um, I have that video for you guys. I demonetized today's video on purpose. Just to show you, I think that this is what I'm going to start doing moving forward. If it's a little controversial, if it, as long as it doesn't go against YouTube policies, I'm able to upload some kind of controversial stuff. Um, that's also the reason why I'm going to be playing the Taylor Swift video for you guys today, because uh, her song is in it. And usually I'll get demonetized for that, but I don't have to worry about that because I just demonetize myself. I'm self-censoring myself, I guess, of sorts, um, just to bring you guys the news. Um but with that, real quickly, uh, CLH says, great stream last night. Tried to super chat more, but YouTube was being weird and would not let me. Also, you look terrible. Uh, thank you. That is a joke for those of you who don't understand because I went on my Telegram and I said, guys, after last night's reporting, I got I, I didn't go to sleep till like 2, 2.30, almost 3 o'clock, just kind of catching up with everything, posting everything accordingly so I didn't have to wake up this morning uh, frantically and um, 
uh, have to post what happened last night. So I just wanted to get all my reporting done last night. Was able to do it. Stayed up to about 3 a.m. doing so. But at least I got to wake up at 6. Three hours of sleep. Let's go. Hashtag three hours of sleep team. Um, and, and, and here we are. And so I told people, hey, if I look like crap today, bags under my eyes, which I kind of see them, kind of. Uh, they're there for sure. I, I wouldn't say these are bags. These are like luggages right now, you know, uh, but uh, yeah. And so Evan says Wednesday night stream was great. Little late for us on the East Coast, but worth staying up for. Appreciate you, Evan. Yeah, it was pretty late for you guys. I that probably went live around nine. So it was around midnight your time. What are you doing up at midnight, huh, Mr. Evan? What's going on out there? What kind of crazy? Uh, Harry is awesome. Says, man, you look terrible, but with great hair. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. And then, uh, all right, let's jump into that. But before we get started, uh, let's go ahead and hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're new here. Uh, and then remember this week's challenge is send this stream or any stream of the week over to two people. I would highly recommend, highly recommend if you know Christians, uh, which you should, <laughs> a lot of you should send them yesterday's link with Gia Chacon. She was our special guest yesterday. We talked about Christian persecution, Last night's protests of the Armenians blocking off the 134, it's about Christian persecution. So here I was in a comfortable studio, air-conditioned, talking about Christian persecution and the need to raise awareness on Christian persecution globally. And little did I know, on my drive home, I would run into a blockade, a, a traffic uh, uh, blockade on the freeway that I take home after the studio because it's an hour drive to the studio. Um, and And... And as I was going home, I saw a blockade. So I, I went live and I covered, I did a couple interviews and today I'll be talking about that as well. But I think yesterday's stream was extremely important. If you haven't watched it, just go back and watch it. I'd really appreciate it. And then make sure that you send it to five to 10 Christians, just send it to them and be like, Hey man, did you know that Christians are the most persecuted people on earth? Did you know that? And then you know, go, go, go off of that, man. And then just send them the link. Um, it wasn't super political yesterday. So if you're afraid of to be discovered that you're a conservative for whatever reason, you're still afraid of those things, you know, to each your own, whatever, um, send them that video. Um, and I, and I think it'll be very beneficial. I think it's eye opening. I think it's an important conversation to be had and I don't think enough awareness is being raised. All right, guys, let's head into this first video. So I have heard that Taylor Swift's concerts are so massive that they are actually been helping um some cities where she is having this get out of a recession that they haven't been able to get out of since the pandemic that's how monumental that's how game-changing these concerts are take a look at just this one video at the amount of people this is taylor swift even had the parking lot full i'm going to show you guys this and then um this is what it looks like. Okay. If the video would just play, right? Come on. Bubbles. Stop. Bro, look at that, man. That's insane. Bro. 
I'm telling you, if she ran for president, so for those of you just listening in the audio only, and you're missing out on being able to see my great hair this morning, very, very sad, many such cases. That was a stadium that was completely full. I mean, to the brim. And the overflow went over to the parking lot, and there were thousands there. There were more Christians at that concert than there is for any other event happening. There were there were Christians there that drove in from other states that called weeks ahead, coordinated the whole event, bought tickets are going for like thousands of dollars. Christians drove different states, carpooled, did something they've never done before, went to this concert, got together with people just to see their idol, Taylor Swift, and paid thousands of dollars, took the time off. These are the same people that tell me that they cannot protest on a Saturday because for life, that they cannot protest on Saturday because their children are being indoctrinated to schools. These are the same people telling me they just simply don't have time. They've got to work. It's crazy, crazy stuff. No, but in all seriousness, bro, if she ever ran for anything, I hope she doesn't. Not a big fan of her politics. This is going to be like, I thought Trump could pull crowds. I can't think of larger crowds than that. That's pretty insane. Pretty insane. All right, going on to this next, uh, I also heard that she, her her thing is doing so well that her like whole tour is doing so well that she's giving like ridiculous bonuses to like a lot of her staff. She's giving them like a hundred thousand plus dollar bonuses. That's on top of their salary, just because the tour is like nothing anyone's ever seen before. I'm telling you, her alone, the people that she drives out are putting cities out of a recession. Like now they're like in the net positive. It's insane. Pretty crazy. I'll be honest, me personally, um, I think I've maybe been to a handful of concerts and it wasn't like, it was like, eh, if you want to go, right? I went to a Hillsong United concert. That was really spirit-filled and and that was great. Um, but apparently like Hillsong United is bad now. I don't know. It seems like every single time like something good pops up, it's like, some some conspiracy theorists is like, oh, no, like, actually, they worship Satan. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, then that's just been ruined for me. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But I've never understood like pe people invite me to concerts like, hey, man, you want to go see Drake? And I'm like, why? Why? Why would I? <laughs> why would I want to do that? Like, hey, man, like, you know, they're, they're ha like Blink 182s back in concert. And I'm like. Uh huh. And I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the introvert in me. I don't know what it is. Not a big fan of concerts, just in general. Um, even like sports, like my, my favorite sports team was the Lakers. And I, you know, even when Kobe Bryant, they're like, hey, man, like this is Kobe Bryant's retiring this season. You want to go see it? I'm like, mm, no, not really. Like tickets are like over $1,000 each this season because it's his last season. No, nah, I think I'm good. Nah, like I'll just watch it at home. Like to me personally, and again, this is just me personally. To me personally, I'd rather just stay at home and like order some pizza with like my, my kids and watch the game in the sanctity of my home. The driving in, 
the traffic, having to drive out, all of that. It's like the overpriced food. Mm, just not a big fan. But hey, you know what? To each your own. If you do do those things, if you're Swifty, you know, good for you. I, I hope you had a blast. It is what it is. All right. This is Cassandra McDonald over at uh, Timcast News. Holy crap. The West Yorkshire police arrested an autistic girl for homophobia because she said the cop looked like a lesbian. That woman is clearly too delicate to be a police officer from the PD statement. Quote, upon returning to her to her to her to the address, comments were made, which resulted in the girl being arrested on suspicion of a homophobic public order offense. The nature of the comments made was fully captured on body-worn video. Bro, what? Hmm. And this is the video here for you. Oh, nope. I don't know what I clicked on. Here it is. So it says here, this is what police do when dealing with autistic children. My daughter told me the police officer looked her looked like her nana, who is a lesbian. The officer obviously took it the wrong way and said it was a homophobic comment. It wasn't. The officer then entered my home and assaulted me. My daughter was having panic attacks from being touched by them, and they still continued to manhandle her. I think this part just doesn't have any audio. Let's see here, buddy. You made a comment in your own house. Okay, so what I just read for the audio only, um, it was... The police officers, you know, taking the girl away into the squad car. Now it jumps into what happened the before. So, again, the comment was made, and this is the moment where the police officers entered the house, and this is how it goes. Uh, warning, I think it has a couple, like, uh, curse words and stuff like that, but we'll see. And then, of course, warning, there's a 16-year-old girl because she's autistic and she feels very uncomfortable. She begins self-harming herself, so... This is what it looks like. And this is, if you want to watch the video for yourself, you can either tune in to the video or you can head on over to TikTok, uh, Nikita, Nikita's Now 84. Uh, or you can head over to Twitter as well. Cassandra uh, posted it. But here's the video. Okay, so those sounds you're hearing is her punching herself in the head and she's punching the wall too. Man, and 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 you can hear the parents trying to say, like, dude, she's autistic, man. Like, please stop doing this. You're making her feel uncomfortable. And just the look on this police officer, she's like, I don't care. I don't care. She's going to be arrested. Like, dude, you know, look at this. Come on, man. I'm telling you, I thought Yuna's coming. She's going to be arrested tonight. I'm going to be coming. 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 I'm going to be co
She's autistic. She doesn't like people touching her. Well, she will have a meltdown. She won't come out. She's got autism. I'm well, Lisa. Her, so she can come out. We're trying not to do this, aren't we? We've been mm. trying for a long time. But she hasn't done nothing wrong. That officer out there has assaulted me for no reason. She's got autism. She's autistic, man. This sure is If if yeah. officer decides to arrest her, the one she got arrested, no, the daughter does. She went. She's under arrest. No, but she was going upstairs and she made a comment to me, and that officer ran in my house and assaulted me and tried to get to my daughter for no. You want to make off her, Benny? But that's. I am going to. I am going. Yeah, because it is on, and she has. She 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 was full of rage, and she ran in the house and she barged me into this corner. Hmm. Oh man. Oh, dude, come on. So the, the audio has gone off and um, it says, I also explained to them that she has severe scoliosis and the twisted spine. So then pulling at her arms will cause her extreme pain in her shoulders. Um, and then it shows the, the girl's being dragged away. She's being picked up by her arms and feet. She's outside. She's trying to come back to her parents right now. The video is still going on for the audio only. Uh, she's crying out for her mom. Um, She's looking, she's grabbing at her shoulders. I, I think this is part of what the mom was saying that she has severe scoliosis and her shoulders hurt whenever they pull. And then, ah, uh, dude, what a scumbag. You know? Ah, uh, dude, that sucks, man. Um, look, I, I'm not even going to pretend to know like everything that transpired. I, I have no reason to not believe this. You know, we do have an article here for you guys as well. This is what transpired. Uh, this is a Daily Mail. Moment seven officers drag autistic girl 16 kicking and screaming from Leeds home for committing a hate crime after she told the female cop, you look like my lesbian Nana, which again, it looks like the parent was trying to explain. It wasn't as meant as an insult. It was just meant like my Nana is a lesbian and you look like her. That's it. It says the police force has been accused of heavy handedness after a teenage girl with autism was detained by seven cops after, quote, saying a female officer looked like her Lana, who is a lesbian. The 16-year-old, who also suffers from scoliosis, had been driven to her home in Leeds, West, Yorkshire, West Yorkshire, by officers after midnight when she allegedly made the comment. She was later dragged away, screaming in the early hours of Monday morning over the, quote, homophobic public order offense. Uh, the incident was recorded by the girl's mother, who uploaded the footage to TikTok. The mother posted, this is what police do when dealing with autistic children. My daughter told me the police officer looked like her nana, who is a lesbian. Uh, the officer took it the wrong way and said it was a homophobic comment. It wasn't. The officer then entered my home. My daughter was having panic attacks from being touched by them, and they still continue to manhandle her. The clip prompted condemnation when it was shared on TikTok and Twitter. Dogs are, uh, it says the clip, uh, yeah, it says dogs are cats tweeted. I guess the account dogs are cats tweeted. I cannot believe my own eyes. Someone in the police force needs to be sacked for this egregious, disgraceful situation. Andy posted, this is disgusting behavior by West Yorkshire police and how many officers needed to attend. No small wonder that girl was terrified. Andrew Piper added, West York's police completely unacceptable from the officers in this video. When the officer was informed that the daughter had autism, the comment, I don't care, is completely inappropriate. And look, I, I, I this is where like I, you know, I saw this. And again, we don't know the full backstory, uh, you know, it. it this isn't like an anti-cop page or anything like that. You know, we support law enforcement, uh, but obviously we all know, especially through the pandemic, we've learned that there are police officers, law enforcement, federal agencies that simply don't care for the rights of people. And I, based off what we've read so far, I'm going to continue reading. I don't know if they've obtained the, um, the, the arrest record of what really is going on. 
Um, but dude, you know, if if the parent is telling you that the girl's autistic, personally, come on, you know, step outside, make the girl feel comfortable, say what's going to happen, and try to convince the parent, like, look, she's going to come with us no matter what. Again, I don't know what the offense was. I don't know if this is a punishable offense. I don't know what's going on. Like, you you can drive her so she feels comfortable. You drive her to the station, but we are going to have to bring her in. You can be with her the entire time. I don't know. That's just me. Obviously, I understand quarterback, you know, police officer, you know, I police officers are telling me like, bro, you, you, you put these scenarios and you make it seem like it's so easy. Is this and that? I don't know. I feel like this one is not right. It's egregious. It says in the footage, two officers can be seen in the hallway of the family's home while the girl hides in a corner next to a cupboard. The female officer in question with short blonde hair can be heard insisting she, the girl, is going to be arrested. It says the girl's mother says she's made a comment in her own in her own house. She hasn't said anything to you. The mother repeat, repeats she's autistic, to which the officer responds, I don't care. The girl then makes uh, some noises, which the mother explained was her by punch was her punching herself in distress. The officers remain in the hallway as the mother shouts out, you're going to remove her for what? She said the word lesbian. Her nana is a lesbian. She's married to a woman. She's not homophobic. A male officer intervenes, saying a homophobic comment has been made to his colleague. Eventually, more officers arrive, and the girl screams and wails as she is taken away. In response, West Yorkshire police said a relative of the girl had earlier called to say she was intoxicated in Leeds City Center. Okay, so apparently this all started with, it looks like this girl was intoxicated. This is West Yorkshire Police Assistant Chief Constable Oz Ken said, We are aware of a video circulating on social media, which, as is often the case, only provides a very limited snapshot of the circumstances of this incident. Officers had their body-worn video cameras activated during their wider involvement with this young girl, which provides additional context to their actions. We have received a complaint in relation to this incident, which is currently being assessed by West Yorkshire Professional Standards Directorate. While that ongoing process and the active criminal investigation limit our ability to fully discuss in the incident in detail, we feel it is important for people to have some contents, context about the circumstances. It says from 12, 12 a.m. on Monday, August 7th, and it looks like this is going to the police board. Police received calls from a family member of a 16-year-old girl who was reportedly intoxicated and putting herself at risk in Leeds City Center. Officers attended at about 1 a.m. and drove the teenager to her home so she could be appropriately looked after. Good. This is good. Also, why is a 16-year-old autistic child intoxicated? Big red flag there. Big red flag. Upon returning her to the address, comments were made which resulted in the girl being arrested on suspicion of a homophobic public order offense. The nature of the comments made was fully captured on body more video. When the girl was eventually fit to be interviewed, that interview took place with an appropriate adult. She was later released on bail pending further inquiries and advice from the Crown Prosecution Service. West Yorkshire Police take, takes its responsibilities around the welfare of young people, taking into custody and around neurodiversity very seriously. We also maintain that our officers and staff could not have to, uh, should not have to face abuse while working to keep our community safe. We are fully reviewing the circumstances of this incident and ask that people avoid reaching any conclusions about it solely on the basis of the social media video. Um, so it looks like two parts here. First and foremost, if you are the parents, uh, what is your child apparently doing outside after midnight if she is autistic and she has these severe problems with autism? 
and complications with scoliosis, etc. That's number one. It seems like the biggest L of the night go to the parents. What's going on here, right? Just from the police report. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they are able to justify that this was a homophobic slur. Um, telling a police officer that she looks like your lesbian nana, um, I don't think warrants a punishable offense. But then again, I'm not in the UK. I know they're super crazy about all their free speech stuff. Uh, they don't have a First Amendment. They're not as good as the United States is as far as protecting the First Amendment. I don't think I don't personally I don't think in the United States I might be wrong. If you tell a police officer that they that you look like a lesbian member of your family, I don't think that's a punishable offense any under under any circumstance. I don't think you could be able to justify that. But again, I don't know UK's laws. I know that they do a lot to protect the LGBTQ community. Laws that I foresee are going to be incoming uh, to the United States and elsewhere because the LGBT is fighting tooth and nail to ensure that they are the most pro promoted, protected uh, class ever of all time, which is kind of insane. Um, and it comes with its own consequences. I guess this is one of them. Uh, but definitely um, more more to be found out about this. And uh, I'll keep you guys a bit at this. But I don't know. What do you guys think, man? Like this is it seems like this all stemmed from public intoxication. Um, I would make the argument. And every time I say this, I always get called a bootlicker, which obviously I don't really care. But what I will say is, in, like in most scenarios that I usually cover, it seems all of this could have been avoided with some very simple good parenting. Again, why is your 16-year-old daughter out past midnight, arguably on a school night? I don't know if school is in session out there or not. Um, intoxicated. What the hell? What the heck? You know? I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's the situation going right now. Uh, I hope a lot of people are paying attention to the context. I think a little bit of the context helps understand what really transpired. And, um, you know, praying for this little girl, man. I think the, the victim at the end of all of this is a girl. Maybe from bad parenting, also from bad policing, from bad laws, right? I, I don't think that um, telling someone that uh, they look like a lesbian, not like their lesbian nana, again, warrants any punishable offense, but. Not to beat a dead horse, moving right along to this very next story. So last night, uh, just as I was um, uh, talking about the uh, Christian persecution on my live stream at 6 p.m. yesterday uh, with Gia Chacon, I was on my drive home. I was getting notified. I was uh, getting alerted uh, by people telling me, hey, man, did you see that uh, the, the, those Armenian parents uh, that you have been covering lately, they have now taken to the freeway, and apparently they're pretty pissed off at Representative Democratic Representative Adam Schiff. And I was like, okay. So uh, I I made my way over. Uh, I was on the freeway already. I ended up taking the the 134, and lo and behold, I ended up running right into the protest. So thankfully, the exit that I took, I was very familiar with the area. I knew exactly where I could find parking right away. Jumped out of my car. Luckily, I had both phones with me. So if you, in case you guys don't know, I have two phones, one for the wife and one for the side chick. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding, guys. Guys, settle down. No, 
One of them is so I can post on social medias. And then the other one is so that I can live stream for you guys. So I like to be able to live stream. And then with this one, I usually capture interviews only. And I also capture uh, stuff that I can post on social media. If you were tuning into my live stream, you probably saw the moment uh, that I was live streaming uh, with this one. And then it'll, it, one thing that I also learned is uh, you're able to record with one. And then I was using this one as a light as I was doing the recordings while I was live. Um, I'll be honest, I, I I don't think I've ever tried taking video with flashlight on uh, on one uh, on one phone. It, it might be available, but there's multi functions here. Uh, but uh, anyways, um, yeah. Um, don't tell my wife I said that. Don't don't tell my wife I said that. That's clearly a joke. Uh, but you know what's funny is every time people see me with both of my phones, that's what they always say. Like, hey, man, like two phones. You're either a drug dealer or you got a side chick, huh? And I'm like, my brother in Christ, I'm I'm neither. <laughs> uh, dating a Latina is like dating multiple women. You never know what you're going to get in the morning. You know, are they going to slash your tires? Are they going to feed you, you know, nicely? Are they going to, you know, want to get a little frisky before work? I don't know, man. Like, you never know what you're going to get. Did they have a dream? where you cheated on them on their dream and they wake you up, you know, crying and, and they slap you saying that you cheated on them on, the, on your dream and you got to apologize for that. You just don't know now. You know what I mean? You just, I don't know. You know, you never know. So dating a Latina is essentially like dating, you know, multiple women, really, if you, if you really think about it. So not neurodivergent they are. Uh, all right, next story here, Glendale, uh, California. Hundreds of Armenian Americans came together to block the 134 East Freeway in an attempt to raise awareness of the Artsakh blockade, a conflict that is stopping access of food, water, and medical supplies to over 120,000 Christian Armenians. We were just talking about it. We were literally just talking about Christian persecution, and here we are, people raising awareness for Christian persecution. Uh, I put on there, speaking with protesters tonight, they are saying this is an attempt at another genocide of the, of the Armenian people. And I've asked to meet with Representative Adam Schiff, but he has refused to meet with local Armenian leaders and activists. And actually, I was talking to one of the activists there, the organizers. They have actually been sitting in front of Adam Schiff's office for over 96 hours when they finally decided to take actions. And they promised that things would escalate if Adam Schiff refuses to acknowledge the Armenian genocide that's happening right now, or at least what they're calling a potential, uh, another Armenian uh, genocide. But just to, just to give you some context, and then I'll kind of dive into my thoughts, because for whatever reason, uh, people continue to insist that things like this don't matter. Um, and, and I'll break it down here in a second, but just to give you a little bit more, uh, this is armenianassembly.org, Art, Artsakh blockade. It says, Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karab, I'm going to butcher the names here. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. If you're Armenian, please don't be angry at me. Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, is a de facto independent country. It declared its independence from Soviet Azerbaijan via referendum in 1991 under the terms of the Soviet constitution before the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Artsakh is a representative uh, democracy, has held successive free, fair, and transparent elections for its executive and legislative unicameral National Assembly branches of government and has a population of 120,000 indigenous Christian Armenians. 
since 1994 and the ceasefire trilaterally agreed upon by Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Nagorno-Karabakh, the final status of Nagorno-Karabakh has been the subject of international mediation by the co-chairs of the Organization for Security and Cooperation and Europe's immense group, the United States, France, and Russia. Defying the peace process and discarding years of careful negotiations, Azerbaijan ignited a full-scale war against Artsakh and the Armenian people in September of 2020. Azerbaijan launched its invasion with direct involvement from the Turkish military and Syrian jihadists for hire. In November 2020, a statement agreed to by Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Russia established a ceasefire and a security cordon around Artsakh. Under its terms, pursuant to Article 6, Azerbaijan assumed the obligation to, quote, guarantee the security of persons, vehicles, and cargo moving along the Latin Quarter in both directions. Instead of upholding its obligations, for months since December 12, 2022, Azerbaijan has blockaded the Latin Quarter, the only and thus vital roadway connecting Armenia and Artsakh, utilizing special forces personnel masquerading as, quote, environmental activists. Given that Azerbaijan is consistently ranked as one of the most corrupt countries in the world, and according to Human Rights Watch, quote, the space for independent activism, critical journalism, and opposition political activity has been virtually extinguished, it is unconceivable that this protest is anything other than ethnic cleansing sanctioned by Aliyev's autocratic regime. Azerbaijan's blockading of Artsakh has been a consistent policy, for example, in 1988, when earthquake recovery aid was needed to get to Armenia, the Azerbaijani government obstructed road and rail lines. The Lachin Corridor is a 13-mile, 36-foot-wide mountain roadway. It is the Republic of, Artsa of Artsakh's lifeline to Armenia and to the outside world. The people of Artsakh rely on Armenia for medicine and acute medical care, paramedic services, and the transportation of basic goods and supplies, including food. The goal of this blockade by the Aliyev regime is to starve the population of Nagorno-Karabakh, which again means the genocide of 120,000 Christian Armenians. And it's happening today. It says the other goal is the ethnic cleansing of Christian Armenians by forcible immigration from their ancestral homeland. And so here's a picture of what that looks like. Uh, Armenia, right next to Artsakh, right next to Azerbaijan. It says, in addition, the blockade was timed for the middle of winter. The Azeri government shut down the pipeline carrying natural gas from Armenia to Nagorno-Karabakh and also disrupted the electricity grid, leaving 120,000 plus people without the ability to heat their homes, schools, and businesses with rolling blackouts continuing to cause hardships. To further isolate the Armenian population of Artsakh, the internet was also cut, belying the claim that the uh, belying the claim that the blockade is being conducted by environmentalists. UNICEF has warned that the longer the situation persists, the more children will experience the lack of basic food items, while access to many of the essential services they need for their survival, healthy growth, and well-being will become more challenging. Many children have also been deprived of parental care as they have been separated from the parents or legal guardians with parents being on one side of the blockade and their children on the other side. Pope Francis stated, I am concerned about the precarious humanitarian conditions of the people, which are in further danger of deteriorating during the winter season. So, again, we were talking about pers Christian persecution. Well, here's a real life 
scenario of what looks to be the ethnic cleansing of 120,000 indigenous native Armenian Christians. And, you know, if, if anything, put them in prayer. Um, I, you know, I got a lot of pushback yesterday. Uh, why are they in the middle of the road? You got to understand <clears throat> the Armenian people are an extremely tight knit group. Uh, if you don't understand why, then I get, I really ask that you do your research. First and foremost, Armenia, the country of Armenia, was the first country in the world to recognize Christianity as its national religion. So it's historically the first Christian nation. And because of that, they have been under attack through the centuries by communists, by Islamists, by other political groups, other globalist elites, whatever you want to call it. And arguably, you know, we, we, we talked about this yesterday. Christians are the most persecuted people on earth. And this is just one example here. Imagine cutting off the supplies of 120,000 indigenous Christian Armenians to include over 30,000 children and elderly people. And people have died because of the lack of medical supplies. People are not able to transport very sick people, people that require cancer treatment. That's what I was reading on, on other sites and news sources. This is a real life persecution of the Christian people, as you can clearly see. And, you know, this is what they were raising awareness about. You're not blocking off the freeway um, to burn down buildings like Black Lives Matter did uh, for communism. You're not doing it to uh, for socialist health care. Christian Armenians came together to raise awareness of the persecuted Christians worldwide. If you cannot understand that, then I, I'm not sure what I can tell you. But here's what I will say. People will say, we hate it when the when the left does it. Why are we okay when the right does it? And I've said this before, but I'll clarify again. It will always be okay when we do things as Christians because we fight for good. It will never be okay for Black Lives Matter or communists or Antifa or anybody else on the left uh, that seeks to do civil disobedience or protests or stand in the freeway um, for growing communism. When you fight for good, I'm all for it. And I, you can call me a hypocrite. You can call me, I'm okay with that. I don't mind. I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me right now. Look at me. When you do it for good, when you do it to raise awareness for the genocide of Christians, I will never care. I don't care who's inconvenience. I don't care at all. At all. I'm all for it. And I support it 100%. Oh, you're slightly inconvenienced at nine o'clock at night because you got to wake up early tomorrow so that you can save up money for your next Taylor Swift concert. I don't care. I really don't. And there was people yesterday like, oh, but Anthony, you know, they're disobeying law enforcement. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. There's over 100,000 Christians that are about to be genocided. And the U.S. government can either send aid or they can help because guess what? This is tied to the Russia-Ukraine. How about instead of sending billions, which, by the way, FYI, breaking report, the U.S. Is, the Biden administration is asking Congress to pass another $25 billion to Ukraine. What about Christians, though? So, so we're sending $25 billion to Ukraine who, oh, by the way, reminder here um, – they, uh, oh, that's right. They're closing down Christian churches. 
because these priests or these pastors are um, Russian spies. So in Ukraine, churches are being closed down, and 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 Zelensky is is coming after Christians because they're Russian spies, so they can no longer congregate in their churches, huh? But you have over a hundred thousand Armenians that could use our help. That hey, you know what? I'm not saying send troops over, but maybe political pressure. We do it for Israel. We do it for all these other countries. Why can't we help out here? Why can't we put political pressure? And look, at the end of the day, here's the reality. In talking with the Armenians yesterday, they told me that they have helped Representative Adam Schiff stay in office because he has been a good ally to the Armenian people. Think whatever you want. I'm okay with that. They shouldn't be electing the guy, whatever. And hey, they've already said next time around, we're not going to be supporting this guy. And I truly hope my message to the Armenian people, stop electing the people that destroy us, that destroy our nation, the people that clearly don't care for your interests. You guys are a tight-knit community. Stop funding people that hate America. I'm all for standing with you guys in the political persecution of, of Christians abroad because the thing that unites Armenians and me and the Armenians and us, whoever you are, is the banner of Christ, Christ alone. That's what unites us. So, yes, these are my brothers and sisters also that are being genocided in Armenia, the first Christian nation. It is my belief Armenia should be our greatest ally, the first Christian nation in the world. Let me tell you, man, I've, I've been hanging out with a lot of these Armenians, very tight-knit community. They alone have the power. Let me tell you something. When they were protesting the school boards, Antifa was there to counter protests. And then the media tried to smear the Armenians. The media tried to smear the Armenians as white nationalists and supremacists. You know what I saw? This is so interesting. Just put this in perspective. This is how much of a threat the Armenian community is to Democrats. Antifa said that it was anti-Armenian, that it was anti-people of color for the media to label the Armenians as white supremacists. Antifa put out public statements saying that they stand in solidarity with the Armenian parents, but that they are wrong on this one issue. Antifa, communists, were putting out statements in favor of the G German uh, of the Armenian parents, not the German parents, Armenian parents. And I had to ask myself, well, why? And now I know why, because the Armenian community alone has the power to organize and mobilize. I mean, think about this for a second. I don't care if you agree with me or disagree with me. It doesn't matter. I'm okay with that. The Armenian community were able to call hundreds of their Armenian friends and activists and say, tonight we are blocking one of the busiest intersections in Los Angeles during a work week. We might get arrested. Some of you might go to jail. But we need to raise awareness for our Armenian brothers and sisters that are Christian. And even if they weren't, who cares? That are in Armenia and lack humanitarian aid. And, and they sat outside of Adam Schiff's office for 96 hours, pleading for just 10 minutes of his time. And he ignored their cause. So they escalated it. I wish you guys might think that I'm like this big guy, right? Like, oh, man, Anthony, he's so based. Oh, yeah, he's like, you know, Christo-fascist. Oh, man, like this guy is a great leader among the Hispanic community. Let me tell you something. These people don't have social media 
the way I have social media, the way most celebrities have social media. I cannot organize hundreds of people. And I cannot call Hispanics and Latinos. I cannot call my own community and say, guys, we've tried it the peaceful way. We're not going to block off the road, the 134 highway. And many of you might be arrested, but it's for a good cause. It's to raise awareness. There's a genocide of our people happening. You know what those Hispanics will tell me? They're like, bro, you're, you're crazy. Hell no. I work tomorrow. I'm not staying out there to God knows what time. I'm not doing this. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. No. Risk imprisonment for what? What does a protest do? Who cares? That would be about 99% of the responses. I know some of you are ride or dies. I know it. And especially my Telegram gang. Some of you. Because some of you actually show up to a lot of the events that I that I push. Um, not a lot of you. But hey, it is what it is. You have your own conviction. It is what it is. You know? Um, but here's what I will say. Just like I said January 6th, I don't condemn it. Good for them. Because you know what happened? They blocked off the highway. They did it very strategically. They did it after their calls went unanswered to the representatives. And guess what? They guess what? They ended up winning because the representatives said, okay, we are finally able to meet with you. In just a couple of hours of closing down a freeway strategically using trailer trucks, those, those big trailers, uh, both ways, um, in just a couple hours, their demands were met. And you know what's insane is that uh, their demands were not that lucrative. Their demands were that they just want their legislators to listen to them. We want to have a sit-down meeting with them, and I, we want them to use their social media to raise awareness. We, the Armenian people, are the ones that put these people in office. We demand these things, and we will not leave this highway until those demands are met. I mean, think about that for a second. Again, Maybe you've never done anything like this. So to you, you scoff it off. You would never know the boldness it takes to actually do this. So you write it off. You need to cope with yourself saying, what does a protest do? This is stupid. I would never risk my life like that. I would never do this on a Wednesday busy night. I work tomorrow. I get it. I understand. Right? And that's all fine and dandy. But imagine being there and the police show up and they're like, if you do not disperse, we will arrest all of you. And they just looked the police officers in the eyes and said, try us. We're okay with that. Arrest every single person here. We're okay with that. Let me tell you something. I hope one day, I hope one day, the Hispanic community is that united. That is an insane level of gangster. An insane level. Imagine picking up the phone as an organizer with no social media influence. You're just making phone calls, sending texts, putting out flyers organically, going door to door. Imagine saying, we need to roll deep tonight and we're going to close it all off until our demands are met. And I'm telling you right now where we are headed, we might face imprisonment. We might all be arrested. I understand you guys have families and have children but you might be arrested. But guess what? It's for a good cause to raise awareness. The nation will know what is happening with these 120,000 Christians in Armenia.
I pray, pray that the Hispanic community one day will be that united. I truly do. I truly do. I pray to see that one day in my own community. I wish I envy that. Being there and watching people comment on my comment section saying this is stupid. What's the point of any of this? Protesting does nothing. Go home. Stop blocking traffic, stupid. Oh, man. I mean, it's just, you know. Now, some of you reached out and it's like, bro, please keep me in touch. If there's ever another one, uh, let me know. Which, I'll be honest with you guys, because I was doing the podcast yesterday, um, uh, I, I wasn't aware that this was actually happening. And nobody contacted me. This was actually kind of by surprise. and But it was so well organized. And man, here's my train of thought. Imagine, imagine, because there's going to be a protest for, for the kids uh, on August 22nd. Uh, this same group of people, and they're calling on everybody, August 22nd. Uh, this is going to be a Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. They are heading over to L.A. City Council to say, hands off our kids. And it's essentially to stop the LGBT curriculum that they are continuing to pass at the schools. And I'm just thinking to myself, could you imagine, could you imagine if we block traffic everywhere in Los Angeles? Imagine if like the Armenian group blocked off one intersection and then the Hispanic group, you know, blocked off another intersection and then like the black community blocked off another intersection. We just completely gridlocked Los Angeles in a peaceful demonstration saying, we demand that this nonsense stops. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Oh, man. I don't know. I might get banned because you're going to try to claim that I'm like inciting violence or something. I don't know. Or civil disobedience. Uh, but of course, when Antifa does it on social media, it's perfectly fine. But Anthony here, you know, wants to fight back by civil disobedience. And it's like, oh, he's the radical here, you know. Um. Uh, it says, uh, da, 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 met, I'm not sure what you mean here, sober. It says, messing with the average person and getting in their way is not righteous. Not really sure what that means. Um, yeah, dude, James, uh, James says, could you imagine the same numbers of Mexicans that showed up at SoFi for the gold cup championship, but actually out at a protest? Bro, things would change so fast if we mobilize like that. Things would change so, so fast. Uh, but anyways, you know, kudos, kudos to the, um, you know, Armenian people. We stand with you. I pray one day that normal Christians, normal everyday people will, you know, do that. Um, and, and I hope to see it one day. But only time will tell. All right. Next report, CNBC. Senator Dianne Feinstein briefly hospitalized after minor fall. Her office says. So. I, did, I wanted to talk about this yesterday, but I'll talk about it today. Senator Diane Feinstein of California went to a hospital Tuesday afternoon after falling down in her home, her office confirmed to CNBC. Feinstein 90 turn, returned home after her scans came back clear, according to a spokesperson for her office, who called the hospital visit, quote, a precaution after a minor fall. The spokesperson also pushed back on earlier reporting from TMZ, which declared the senator was in the hospital as of Wednesday morning. Feinstein, the oldest sitting U.S. senator and the longest serving senator from California, has come under intense scrutiny amid her apparently mounting physical and mental health troubles, prompting concerns from both parties about her ability to do her job. Now, of course, we've talked in length about 
it, okay, so Sober clarified. So this is just FYI in the comments. Sober said, messing with the average person and getting in their way is not righteous. And then it says, uh, Sober followed it up because I asked for clarification. This is in the comment sections. And he said, why don't we all block freeways and then preach the Bible to the people we just stuck in traffic? Again, Sober, I love you, man. I, I know you're like a long supporter. Do you not realize that they blocked off the freeway to raise awareness on over 120,000 Christians that are about to be genocided? Come on, man. Like this is this is the scapegoat that Christians turn to is there's many things that we can advocate for. Um, I would argue this is 100 percent a reason to block off traffic for the genocide of 120,000 Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, closing down freeways to raise awareness that our children are being propagandized by LGBTism and that we want to defend our Christian values and we don't want all of our children being propagandized and going against our Christian values. Yeah. See, the problem with the Christian right or just Christians is it's not worthy of a protest unless it's what I think it's worthy of a protest. I cannot think of anything more worthy of a peaceful protest than the genocide of 120,000 to include 30,000 children, and they're all Christian. Mm. I cannot think of anything better to inconvenience people at 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday and have to be redirected two blocks, adding maybe seven minutes to your travel time, I cannot think of anything more important than the genocide of 120,000 Christians. I cannot think of anything more important than that. 120,000 Christians about to be genocided? Maybe, just maybe, that's worthy of closing down a block or two. Just maybe. Just saying. All right. So, going back to the Senator Dianne Feinstein. Um... I saw this thread and I found it to be very interesting. This is Elix Michelson over at Fox uh, LA and says, this is an important point that is not discussed enough. It says, I love you guys, but I don't understand. This is Chris D. Jackson. So this was a retweet of this guy, Chris D. Jackson. It says, I love you guys, but I don't understand some comments you post about Diane Feinstein. Do you guys realize that the judicial appointments will stop if she resigns? Yes. If she resigned, and this is very important for you guys to know. Yes, if she resigned, Newsom could appoint a successor, but Republican support would be needed to add her replacement to the judici to, to the Judiciary Committee, and I can guarantee you that wouldn't happen. I am sure she is staying in office for this very reason. She knows without her, the progress of judges come to a halt keep that in mind very important 
This is why she is a key figure. Even so, if she were to resign or step down, she loses that position at the Judiciary Committee, which essentially means she wouldn't be able to appoint, uh, make judicial appointments. Her replacement, even though Newsom would appoint that, and this is actually the seat that Adam Schiff is running for now, and I'm sure he's hand-selected to do so, this would stop judicial appointments. This is something that I've talked about in length before, where I've said, I understand that there are people that are old, but these people hold power. These people are proxies for many, many people. There are agendas that you and I are not preview to. If they're still in Congress, it's for a reason. Because these people can be controlled. They serve a higher purpose than you and I could ever understand, for better or for worse. Not saying that it's all for good. And that is the reason why she refuses to resign. And, I mean, her daughter already has power of attorney, full rights over her. And she's still able to vote. That's insane to me. If you're so old that you have to sign away power of attorney rights to make medical decisions for you, to make day-to-day operations for you and decisions for you, you're too old to serve. But, of course, she's going to be kept around. She's going to be wheelchaired around for this specific purpose. I'll read it again. Do you guys realize that the judicial appointments will stop if she resigns? Yes, if she resigned, Newsom could appoint a successor, but Republican support would be needed to add her replacement to the Judiciary Committee, and I can guarantee that wouldn't happen. I am sure she is staying in office for this very reason. She knows without her, the progress of judges comes to a halt. Keep that in mind. So just my two cents. All right, Sober, I think you got here late. So Sober says, somebody brought up a really good point to Sober saying we shouldn't be blocking traffic and saying, why don't we hand out Bibles? So this is actually a really good point by Ben Intelligent. It says, at Sober, you could have brought the Armenians Bibles to have them while down on the freeway and pray for the 120,000. This is an extremely important point. Too often, I see a lot of people from the comfort of their home say, why do that? Why not do this? But my brother and sister in Christ, you can do that and you can do this. If you think a protest doesn't serve a purpose because of what the people are saying, and you think the protest would have been better served handing out Bibles, then you can head down there and you can hand out Bibles. And now your purpose of what you believe to be better than the purpose originally brought up, then now you can serve that purpose. It kind of reminds me of um, the uh, the homeschooling parents. When people were protesting school boards, the homeschooling parents from the comfort of their home were yelling, this is stupid, this is pointless, just get your kids out of school, not realizing that millions of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, they don't have the same privilege or opportunity, to homeschool their kids, a lot of single parents cannot afford to just stay at home and homeschool their parents, right? Um, not realizing that they're basically yelling at deaf ears because that point of like, this is stupid, 
What's the point of protesting the school boards? Uh, just take your kids out. That's not an option for millions of Americans and many people at, at, at the school board level or at the school level. That's why they protest, because they want their voices heard, right? Their taxes go to these people. Their taxes pay for these people. I think they have a right to protest. Now, Sober followed up and it says, yes, but we can't be okay with some people blocking traffic for our cause, but not one we disagree with, especially as Christians. And again, to that I say, no. I am absolutely fine with people blocking traffic to raise awareness to Christian genocide. I am absolutely fine with people blocking traffic to raise awareness of the LGBTism curriculum that's being passed in schools. I am okay with that. I don't think there's anything unbiblical about it. Can you show me? Now, if people are blocking traffic because they want to spread communism, then yes, absolutely. Now, here's what I will say is the police could have arrested people yesterday and people were willing to face that consequence. It's no different to me than when the, the apostles in the early church were preaching in places they weren't supposed to. They were persecuted for it. They were told, if you go out and preach here, then you will be arrested. Well, that's defying the government and doing what you need to do to spread the gospel. And the gospel teaches us to do good and to protect the innocent. Again, sober, I apologize. You're wrong, and I am right. That's just the reality. And I don't care about the double standard. You can call it a double standard. You can say we can't be okay with one or the other. I will always, always, always be okay with civil disobedience when it is done for good. And I will never, never, ever, ever be okay with civil disobedience if it's to promote a communist agenda. Because at the end of the day, they're both breaking laws. They understand that. Armenians knew. That in showing up, they could be arrested. They just didn't care. The same way communists don't care if they're arrested or not. Christian Armenians came together for the genocide of 120,000 Armenians. There's nothing more beautiful than that. That is the church. Okay? I'm sorry, man. That's just the way it is. Um, that's just the way it is, man. You know? I If you can't seem to understand that... I, I cannot help you, um, but that's just the way it is. You will never be right about that. I am correct. I'm just telling you, man. It, and it's not because I'm this like per person, whatever. Literally, biblically speaking, we are called to fight for the persecuted church. And if that means getting arrested for it, then so be it. It's not like one is getting a pass by the by the law and the other one isn't. Then I would agree, hey, that's a little bit unfair. Why are there laws in place to protect one group or the other? Both groups are protected because it's protected under the First Amendment speech, right? If they're committing a crime, like illegally, you know, congregating or whatever the case might be, then they're going to be arrested. But these Christians came knowing they could be arrested. They weren't asking for preferential treatment. They were ready to go to jail to raise awareness for persecuted Christians. They're okay with that. Do you, do you, I hope that makes sense, man. You know? All right. Now going on. 
So now we know why Senator Fe Dianne Feinstein will not be retiring anytime soon. And I think that they're going to drag it out to 2024 when Dianne Feinstein step finally steps down and someone is appointed onto her seat. So we'll take a look at that. All right. Moving on to the last story of the day here. It says here, Ecuador, uh, this is Associated Press, Ecuador declares a state of emergency after the assassination of anti-corruption presidential candidate. Uh, Quito, Ecuador, uh, gang-driven violence afflicting Ecuador over the last two years reached an unprecedented level when a presidential candidate known for speaking up against drug cartels and corruption was shot and killed at a political rally in the South American country's capital. The assassination of Fernando Villavicencio in Quito happened Wednesday, less than two weeks before a special presidential election. He was not a front runner, but his killing, which is uh, which president, um, which is interesting because some reports say he was a front runner. So kind of conflicting reports there. Uh, but his killing, which President Guillermo Lasso uh, suggested could be linked to organized crime, furthered a crisis that has already claimed thousands of lives and underscored the deep cha challenge that the country's leader will face. Lasso declared three days of national mourning and a state of emergency that involves additional military personnel deployed throughout the country. Quote, given the loss of a Democrat and a fighter, the elections are not suspended. On the contrary, they have to be held and democracy has to be strengthened, Lasso said Thursday. In his final speech before he was killed, Via Vicencio, 59, promised a roaring crowd that he would root out corruption and lock up the country's thieves. The Attorney General's Office of Ecuador said one suspect died in custody from wounds sustained a firefight after the politician's assassination. Various operations carried out in different sectors of Quito resulted in six arrests. Via Vicencio had reported uh, receiving multiple death threats, including from affiliates of Mexico's Sinaloa cartel, one of a slew of international organized crime groups that now operate in Ecuador. He said his campaign represented a threat to such groups. Quote, here I am showing my face. I'm not scared of them. Via Vicencio said in a statement before his death, naming, deta naming detained crime boss Jose Adolfo Macias by his alias, Fito. Via Vicencio, one of eight candidates running for president, was a candidate of the Build Ecuador movement. As drug traffickers have begun to use the country's coastal ports, Ecuadorians have reeled from violence not seen for decades. The sounds of gunfire ring in many major cities as rival gangs battle for control and gangs have recruited children. And um, I'm actually going to show you guys. Let's see here. Well, wait a minute. I had it. Uh, here we go. So this is the video. Uh, it doesn't show much, but you can see it. This is the exact moment in which he was assassinated. Apparently three gunshots to the to the head. But again, you cannot see it. So this is the only reason why I'm showing it. So this is the video. Him being taken into his vehicle and then a uh, couple gunshots. And then he was declared dead on scene. <laughs> man rest in peace to him you know um it's tragic not a way anyone should die but this is just a reality of the cartel wars man you know this is this is the reality that's happening and if you think that this has nothing to do with us it has everything to do with us the human trafficking, the drug trafficking operations, this all stems from Latin America coming right into our border to the to the Mexico port of entry into the United States. It's it's driving uh, refugees, so on and so forth. It's it's pretty terrible. And then this last video they have for you guys here, this is War Monitor says this is a supposed members of the Los Lobos gang 
claimed the assassination of Fernando Villavicencio. So it looks like a local gang called Los Lobos uh, has claimed that they were the ones that assassinated the candidate. This is the candidate in the Ecuadorian presidential elections. So I'm going to play this here for you guys. Not sure what's up with my internet lately, man. It's been like super slow. But let me pull that up for you guys and I'll I'll translate. Oh, the video has been deleted. Huh? Did you guys see that? That's why it was buffering. It's not that my internet. Huh? It was deleted in real time. You guys saw that. Let's try it again. Los Lobos. If I can find a different source. The video has been deleted. The video has been deleted. They're deleting it. Ah, okay. Here we go. Before it gets deleted again. We want to make it clear to the entire Ecuadorian country that every single time the corrupt politicians don't follow through with their promise that they that they make to us whenever we give them money. So here he is saying, you know, we gave you money and you have not followed through with our promise, with your promises. So essentially they're sending us saying like, we have paid millions of dollars in drug money to finance your campaigns and you are not following through with your promises to us, organized crime. Let this be a message to you. Our organization called Los Lobos. We assume responsibility for the assassination carried out today. And it will continue to happen when the corrupt politicians don't follow through with their word. You too, Jan Topic. I guess this is another candidate or the president. I'm not sure. Um, you MFR. Follow through with your words. Essentially, they're they're telling they're telling Jan Topic that if he does not follow through with his promises to the gang, to this organization, that he will be next uh, to be assassinated. So there you go. I'm not sure why this video is being deleted. Uh, I don't know if maybe they found out that it's not like real news. I don't know. But who knows? But all these people are armed. I have no reason to believe they're not. Like, why else would you, you know, put this out there? I don't know. You know, I don't know. But, yeah, this is interesting, man. Like, essentially, this is a ga organized gang saying, like, dude, we have financed your campaigns with millions of, of drug money. You made promises to us and you're not following through with them. We're going to begin assassinating all of you if you do not follow through with it. At this point, man, I'll be, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I don't know what saves Latin America right now, outside of God, of course. But how do you put all – I mean, they're assassinating presidential candidates in Latin America now. And they're, and they're admitting to – and they're admitting to financing their campaigns. This is insane. So essentially, they're taking money to campaign, and now they're being assassinated for not following through with their promises with the very people they shook hands with and took money from. So this is um, 
BBC News candidate in Ecuador's presidential election, Fernando Villavicencio, shot dead. It says a member of the county's National Assembly was attacked as he left the event in capital Quito on Wednesday. Um, it says suspicion for the killing had first fallen on Los Choneros, which had threatened Mr. Villavicencio last week. But Los Lobos claimed responsibility in a video in which gang members wearing balaclavas flash gang signs and wave their weapons. What's a balaclava? Balaclava mask. What is that? Oh, I see. They're kind of like ski masks, it looks like. Maybe I should get one. Um, anyways, it says uh, uh, Ecuador has historically been a relatively safe and stable country in Latin America, but crime has shot up in recent years, fueled by the growing presence of Colombian and Mexican drug cartels, which have infiltrated local criminal gangs. The killing comes less than a fortnight before presidential elections in which the issue of insecurity features as the top concern. So that's really that's really, you know, it's devastating to see that this is happening. I know I have um, uh, followers that are Ecuadorian praying for the the, the nation of Ecuador. Something's got to give, man, with these we Latin American countries. I know a lot of people, you know, whenever I talk about national news, people are like, who cares about this stuff? You know what I mean? Um, but uh, it, it, it directly impacts us because what this does is creating a hostile situation in, this, in the country of Ecuador assassinating presidential candidates you're going to create a refugee crisis people are going to want to flee ecuador and then be directed straight to uh the the u.s mexico border uh for illegal immigration for refugee status asylum status whatever the case might be um i would be extremely devastated if i was ecuadorian living in ecuador as a family man as a man with children i'm like why would i want to live here they're assassinating presidential candidates um it's pretty interesting stuff man very interesting times and you know i don't know if this man actually you know they claim that this man was assassinated because he made promises to the gang that allegedly gave millions to his campaign and he is and they have name dropped other people that will also be assassinated if they don't follow through with the campaign but man you know it, it's it's tragic imagine you know in front of so many people being escorted away by police and and you're still shot in the head three times and, and killed instantly as a presidential candidate with the election only 10 days away august 20th from what i remember reading but um something's got to give and i i pray man honestly i pray for healing in armenia i pray for healing in ecuador wherever uh, unrest is happening and and i truly hope man that one day in my lifetime, I pray, I pray, I pray, highly unlikely, but you never know um, that we see the end of organized crime to this capacity. I, I pray for a free Ecuador, for a free Armenia, for a free El Salvador. I want to see Latin America, Latin America get back to its golden days, man. You know, like I, I, I wish I could go back to the Mexico that I once knew that wasn't controlled by these organized crime as heavily as it was today. Obviously, you know, we've got organized crime here in the United States. You know what I mean? Like there's police units that are organized crime, you know, or that act, you know, tyrannical in nature. Uh, so I'm not trying to, by any means of the imagination, any stretch of the imagination, trying to say that we don't have these problems here. We absolutely do. Never forget that in Sound of Freedom, the end credits say that there's more slavery in America than there's ever been in any other time. Um, and that more children are trafficked into the U.S. than any other place in the world. And so, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is happening right under our noses and people are, are pretending and wishing to pretend that it's not happening, but it absolutely is. Um, but, you know, praying for Ecuador, praying for Armenia and 
you know, only time will tell how it goes. But all right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, you know, uh, I, I know it was some tough topics to go over today. A lot of you might be questioning yourself if you even want to continue to follow me with my with my stance on on the civil disobedience stuff. I just, you know what, man, we're we're, we're at war and um, desperate times calls for de desperate uh, uh, measures. And at the end of the day, nobody was hurt yesterday. Nobody was arrested. It was peacefully done and in a great way. And, you know, we stand with the Armenian community. We stand with the Ecuadorian community. We stand with the Hawaiian community right now uh, that's going through. I'm, I'm going to dive into that tomorrow. Uh, seeing the reports and the videos of Hawaii, please pray for Hawaii. You know, um, they're going through a devastating time right now with these fires. And, um, you know, uh, I've seen the images. It's just devastating. If you haven't seen them, go go fill yourself in just for a bit. See some of those images so you can see. Keep Hawaii and, and, and Maui and these regions of Hawaii, you know, in, in your thoughts and prayers today, but um, we'll end it there. I hope that you guys have a good rest of your Thursday. Uh, God willing, I will see you guys tomorrow, Saturday, uh, tomorrow, Friday, rather. I wish it was Saturday tomorrow, <laughs> just going to the weekend, but you know what? Uh, God bless you guys. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your Thursday. God bless guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care.